0: There was a trailer for Rise of Skywalker. You might have missed it though. I mean, it hasn't, people haven't really been talking about it. And,
2: you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I did yeah. not miss it. I you did, did not. not. No, so I did not. I set my DVR and made sure I watched it and rewound it. You set my
0: and... DVR to the football game?
2: <laughs> well, the thing is like, cause you know, they're going to you know drop it. it comes
0: out on YouTube, right? On
2: YouTube, right. I know. That's always like, oh, they're just going to drop it, you know, within minutes. So you don't really have to, but I always just in case, Because it just, you know, what if you watched it and then they didn't drop it on YouTube until like an hour later and you had to wait an hour to watch it? So, like, I want to be able to make sure I can rewind it and watch it a few times.
0: That's true. Okay, so we're not going to spend too much time on it uh, because we have a really cool interview coming up where we talk about it a little bit. So, let's just, let's see. uh, What would be a cool way to look at this trailer? Um... I don't know. I'm trying to think of something unique. Like I don't want your favorite moment. You know what <laughs> I mean? Is like everybody talks about their favorite moment. Uh,
2: what was your least one favorite? Thing moment in the you? <laughs> no.
0: uh, one felt,
2: thing that confused you? Confused me. Something
0: that threw you off a little.
2: I think the scene where um, Ray and Kylo kind of like their lightsabers seem to crash into the structure. That's the scene that, as I was watching the trailer, and then that happened, and I was like, "What did I just see?" And <laughs> is that like, is that too much information? You know, like, did I just see something that I would rather have not seen until I watched the movie? Um, mm-hmm. That was probably the thing that stuck out to me. But then, upon like further, you know, looking at that scene a little closer, and then it's like, okay, maybe it's not as big of a a, a giveaway as I thought.
0: Okay, so mine is the. It's funny because it's also one of the most impactful scenes of the trailer for me, but also something that I'm kind of like, um, what is the C-3PO scene? Like, I'm so confused and lost and scared now. And I kind of like, I don't know if I wanted to see that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, what?
2: (laughs) Can I make a C-3PO confession?
0: What? You don't like C-3PO.
2: Or maybe I've said it before. He's never been like? he's never been a favorite character of mine.
0: Yeah, I know, I know he is not.
2: So, I don't think that 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 scene didn't have the same impact for me. Although, it doesn't matter what character it is, even if it's a character that I don't absolutely love, when you have that type of a line, like that they mm-hmm. you know that he said um you know, you're it's still going to have an emotional impact. And so I definitely was like, "Oh, that's going to be an interesting part of the movie to see and kind of what does that mean?" Um, so you know, I don't I don't have it out for C three PO. He just has never been one of my favorite characters. But I'll still be sad if something bad happens to him.
0: Hashtag C three PO hater.
2: <laughs> I was trying to backpedal a little bit there. But... I,
0: I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna talk about just a few little news things. So you were at New York Comic Con, but I don't think you went to this panel. Did you go to this panel, the Lucasfilm Publishing panel?
2: I, I went remember. to one of the panels, um, but it wasn't like the main publishing panel because I wasn't at the con yet. So I, okay. I went to one of the later ones.
0: So there was some announcements in the world of publishing. So we're just going to go over like I would say the three big ones. So the Rise of Skywalker novelization, they announced who is writing that. And that's going to be Ray Carson, who I love from a certain point of view. Her one of her story is one of my favorites out of the entire Book, so I'm really, really pumped about this. So she's writing the novelization, and uh, she also wrote Most Wanted, which is another one of my favorite Star Wars books. Love mm. that one. Um, but it's not coming out until the third of March of 2020, and I, mm, I I'm like, who? Why?
2: They did that with uh, the Last Jedi novelization. Yeah, as they well. did that. Yeah. So it is interesting timing-wise. I, I think it's probably because. Uh, maybe this isn't right but i feel like the amount of time it takes for a writer to write a book um and probably the fact that they're trying to not let anybody see the script yet you know they really Mm -hmm. want this to be a big surprise is that this allows them to not get you know not have somebody like the author kind of you know in the loop yet because they they don't want anything to leak and so maybe maybe it gives her enough time once she can actually see the script to actually be able to write a novel and write it well
0: maybe but i'm i'm pumped that it's her and so this is going to be one of the few like actual movie novelizations that i'm gonna read so yeah i I traditionally
2: don't read the movie novelization so so we'll see
0: we'll see we'll see but i am reading this one so the next thing that they announced that – I'm not going in order from the, from the panel or anything, but the next big thing that I took note of is the sequel to Alphabet Squadron, which is one of our – well, our last episode that came out before this. So hi, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> uh, so the sequel to Alphabet Squadron, which is going to be called Shadowfall, and that will be in June of 2020, and it is written by Alexander Freed. So maybe we have Megan Krause back on for that one. Um, since she really liked Alphabet Squadron. So I'm just glad that it's not like Alphabet Squadron numbers one through 10.
2: Now, (laughs) Uh, I'm excited for the sequel. I'm excited for the full trilogy. Um, I think the first book, you know, was kind of setting up the characters. mm -hmm. So it kind of was a little bit slow. And if you're not into the military stuff, if you're not into the space battles, it definitely could feel slow and, and drags a little bit. But I am kind of, yeah, now that I've gotten to know the characters and and even kind of having an episode where we talked about it, it kind of got me a little bit more excited about it. So I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm more excited for the next couple books than maybe I thought I was. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, we'll see, see where this all goes.
0: All right, and then the last big thing, they did close out the panel with this. They announced a new Thrawn trilogy called Thrawn Ascendancy, and this is going to be his origin story of his time in the Chiss Ascendancy, and of course it's written by Timothy Zahn, and it's going to be starting in May of 2020. I'm perfectly okay with this because I did finish the uh, last novel of the first Thrawn trilogy, so I have read it, and this thrawn that has come from Rebels and in these books I do really, really like. So we'll see.
2: Cool. Yeah. I, I might have a little bit of thrawn burnout. Mm. But um by the time this one comes out, you know, maybe I'll be looking for more.
0: <laughs> All right. So on this episode, we are going to be doing a short review of how to not get eaten by Ewoks and other galactic survival skills. So we're going to do that first, but stay tuned because we do have a riveting interview actually with Christian Blavelt, who actually wrote How to Not Get Eaten by Ewoks and he's going to give us some insight into the book. So let's talk about it first. Uh, Do you want me to do this part?
2: Uh, Do you have the... Yes. Yeah, you do it. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right, so How to Not Get Eaten by Ewoks and Other Galactic Survival Skills was released on September 24th of 2019. It is published by DK Books, and the publisher's summary is... A humorous guide on how to survive the Star Wars galaxy's many dangers. The Star Wars galaxy is a dangerous place, from ruthless bounty hunters, ferocious beasts, and extreme weather, to hostile landscapes, social minefields, and backstabbing allies. Perils and hazards are never far away. How do you flee an exploding Death Star? What's the best way to source a starship at a spaceport? How do you escape kidnapped by Tusken Raiders on Tatooine? Survival means keeping your wits about you. This fun, practical Star Wars book will teach you how to recognize threats and learn what to do to stay alive in a ga- galaxy far, far away. And it literally is that. This is your... This is your. Tr- Travel guide, if you will, of uh, quick and easy tips on how to survive in Star Wars. So did you like it?
2: Do you want my review? My review is I absolutely I love this book.
0: Okay, yeah, I absolutely love this book, too. This is amazing. Guys, this book is great. It is an easy read. You can skip around. You don't have to read it straight through. It's not that kind of book. There's just You can find the pages that you like. There's indexes. There's a table of contents of things, and then there's an index. So like, you're like, okay, uh, I want to avoid, or I want to know how to deal with rancors. Well, look for rancor, and, and it will take you to that page. Uh, it's awesome. It's bite-sized. It can fit in your bag, and you know, just just in case you're wondering, you know, different and things.
2: And like, I know we're friends with Christian. We are. This has nothing not to do with point. that. It's, we're not just pushing a book of a friend or like trying this is literally one of the coolest star wars books that i've opened up and it's the way that he writes it is so funny and yeah. the design is so great like it is it's so well designed that you can flip to any page and there's there's right away there's something that catches your eye
0: yeah and the designers at dk did an amazing job uh so this book is separated into s- Six sections uh it's dangerous environments dangers of travel hazards of technology social minefields which is actually my favorite uh escape evasion and infiltration and dangerous creatures so you know you can like all right uh let's see like social minefields alien languages that is on page 76 you're like okay i need that because i'm on a new planet and i don't know you know what i mean <laughs> Like, But the layout is great. Oh, my gosh. The artwork, the like, I don't know what you would call these kind of layouts. But, you know, there's like different like little panels of things.
2: It's very graphical. It's a very graphical layout. A lot of charts, a lot of like call out boxes with icons. Um, It's kind of like the visual guides, but like ramped up a little bit. Yeah, it's um, way cooler. Yeah, it's way cooler. <laughs> um, the visual guides are awesome. We love the visual guides. They are. Guides.
0: They're amazing. But this is. Freaking but they're a awesome. very
2: standard layout. This is. This has a lot more eye-catching elements, and all done with like a, you know, with a hint of humor.
0: Yes, and it's in-universe, which you and I both love. We love in-universe books. Like, I just happened to flip to this page, okay? So it's page 100, and it says, Disguises and going undercover. There are many times when staying alive means pretending to be someone else. And then one of the little call-out boxes has – a senator palpatine and then emperor palpatine and it's like this guy's this guy and then it says hiding in plain sight remember that force users can manipulate the thoughts and feelings of those around them this allows them to hide their true nature so be vigilant
2: <laughs> there was one there's one call there's one thing in the book that talks about gambling or like the dangers of gambling Oh, Um, no, yeah. I I came across it earlier. I don't have it open to that exact page right now, so I can't, like, exactly I might be able
0: to find it. I think it's in social minefields.
2: But it's kind of like, um, you know, saying, you know, be careful what you're willing to to gamble, because if you lose your ship, you're going to be stranded. Um, (laughs) And it's got, like, a picture of, of the Falcon with Han and Lando, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gamblers of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, the Watch Out. It's like this box that has this big red circle with a line through it. (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, So I did pull out some pages that I really like, and so I thought we could flip to some of those, and then maybe you can pull out a couple. So uh, page 24 and 25, this particular layout, this is the Food and Culinary Dangers page. And it's ones being... One being's delicacy is another's dining disaster. Know what your stomach can handle. And it says, like, watch out, local delicacies. And it shows, like, melu-run fruit, driss pods, fleek eels, like, all these different things. And I'm like, what is that? You know? I recognize some of them. And then one of my favorite things is it shows survival rations, like the one that Ray uses. And it says veg meat squares and portion bread powder. (laughs) It's like, like, oh, okay, that's what it's called. And then of course there's a giant porg picture. And it says, plump avians from Octo that are high in protein and fat. Porgs make a satisfying energy-boosting meal and are quite easily prepared. And then it says wings should be trimmed off. And these are their soft down feathers. And how to roast them. Oh wow. Like for real? Yeah, like it says they're like encouraging perfection. eating
2: porgs. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. I love these uh, do or do not call out boxes mm-hmm. because it's. Uh, I mean, it's uh, do or do not is such like a Star Wars thing to say, but then they use it for this call out box. But um, I those are pretty funny too. They're and they're like littered all throughout the book.
0: Yeah, like on on this particular page, do tip the waitstaff at a cafe unless they happen to be droids. Do not assume that all establishments will be eager to welcome your joys. <laughs> all right, so another layout that I really liked is page 70 and 71, and this is in uh, Social Minefields. It is etiquette, the basics. How much better the spaceways would be if more beings embraced simple social graces? And it says, at a glance, don't stare Gazing in puzzlement, doubt or disgust is never the way to make friends though it can be a way to make enemies and then it says size matters not extra body parts and tattoos it's I like, like
2: i like the extra body parts it says only call out beings with spare body parts if their extra hands are picking your pockets or their extra eyes are peering at your cards otherwise it's just plain rude yep <laughs> one of my favorite things about this book is how everything literally everything that's in it and everything they call out is stuff that's like straight from the movies it's all things that we're all very familiar with seeing in the films
0: so good so good okay culture shock so this is a page I had to call out because this is the Ewoks page how to not get eaten by Ewoks Culture shock and awkward situations. And it says, The beauty of the galaxy is that no one is exactly like you. That's also the challenge. So for the Ewoks, it says, Watch out, Ewoks! These furry bipeds look unthreatening, but their ingenuity for rigging traps runs deep, and their ferocity in battle is legendary. Traumatized stormtroopers who survived the Battle of Endor have been known to mutter Ewokies over and over in their sleep. (laughs)
2: What page is that? It
0: it is page 72 and 73. Uh, And then, for the title of the book, it says, How to Not Get Eaten by Ewoks. Option one, befriend one. Try shearing a protein cracker. Option two, have your protocol droid imitate a god. Skin plating the color of precious metal will help you with this. But if you can't make your droid float, you'd best stick to option one. (laughs) That's so funny. <laughs> and then there's a picture of Ewok, of Ewoks, Wicket and Lumot. And he says they're from the Bright Tree tribe. How cool is that? Yeah. So in our interview coming up with Christian, he does point out uh, page 84, which is actually the rules of degeric. And he, he'll he tell you a little bit more in the interview about this page. But I actually had already pulled this page as one that I really like that goes over at a glance the rules of Dajiric because I don't know. And he's like got all of the characters like named and what they are and like how you would actually play it and all this stuff. Also talks about sabak uh, in here and cheaters. Oh yeah, That's
2: it's kind nice. of
0: funny. <laughs> so, what about some of yours? Did you have any like sort of stuck um, out?
2: I. Well, the one I'm looking at, so there's one about prison breaks, because you know how prison breaks just seem to be a big part of Star Wars.
0: Oh, right, right, right. On
2: page 102, the heading says prison breaks. If you're imprisoned unjustly or a prisoner of war, it's your duty to try to break out. In a galaxy (laughs) at war, many wrong assumptions can be made and incorrect conclusions drawn. And even if you're not actively working for any particular side in the conflict, combatants may prefer to just lock you up and ask questions later. Escape should become your one and only mission, and they just <laughs> yeah. kind of talk about the different. Uh, they have images of like Han and Chewie, and they have of um, they have stuff from Rogue One and stuff like that. So yeah, it's 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 pretty cool.
0: How to pr- how to rescue a princess in five easy steps?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's the kind of stuff. It's like every page you go to, and like you were saying before you don't necessarily have to read this thing. It's probably not even the way you should do it is you don't read it from beginning to end. This is something that you just kind of flip through and every page has like really fun little charts and call outs and graphs and, and even the artwork, like there's, there's pictures from the movies, but then there's also hand drawn artwork um, mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of some behind the scenes kind of stuff where you get like a really close look at, different props and, and things like that. So just even just for the images and pictures, it's worth flipping through. So
0: I think we'll end out on this one. Page 107, Key Bounty Hunters. We do love a good bounty hunter. It says, if hunted by Dengar, pull off bandages, and even if they're a style choice more than a medical necessity. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> If hunted by R Singh, aim for the antenna in her skull. Supposedly, it senses enemies' fear. <laughs> if hunted by Imbo, steel hat he uses as a weapon and sled. Beware of his Anuba.
2: <laughs> IG88 made it. Made the list. He did.
0: Uh, uh, if hunted by Bosk, lure him with scent of Wookiee to a refrigerated room. He's
1: cold-blooded
0: okay let me just get my refrigerated room out real quick <laughs> so i think it's safe to say we both love this book it's amazing um you should totally get it it's not expensive at all it's only 14.99 uh it's awesome it's, yeah, so it's good. a great
2: little book to have you know, coffee table book, desk at work, whatever, but like just, you it'll catch people's eye. It's like, even just as a conversation piece, it's like the way that they just designed the cover looks so cool that it's almost impossible to see this book and not pick it up. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So why don't we let them listen to our interview with Christian Blabel and he'll tell you guys a little bit more about this book as well as his be more Star Wars book series, be more Yoda, Vader, Leia, and Lando, and what he's got coming up.
2: We are here with one of our favorite Star Wars writers, Mr. Christian Blavelt, who has written the amazing little book, How Not to Get Eaten by Ewoks. How are you doing today, Christian?
1: Oh, I'm doing so well, Aaron. Thank you for asking. It's so great to be here with you and Teresa. Uh, You guys are like two of my favorite people in Star Wars fandom, so... (laughs) That's Seriously. nice. <laughs> so thank you for saying that. You know, I'm one of your favorite authors to interview. That's awesome.
0: Well, the books you write are always super fun and they're easy to digest and they're just, I don't know. They're great. I I love when this book got announced, I was like, oh my God, how to not get eaten by Ewoks?
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> that this has been so much fun to write because this book really allowed me to just go all in and be as geeky and as detailed as I could possibly be. You know, I love, like, you know, Star Wars Made Easy called upon one side of my skill set, which was to sort of, like, explain Star Wars to beginners, to people coming to the saga for the first time. Um, but then, you know, something like How Not to Get Eaten by Ewoks was, you know, this is the deep dive. You know, this is for... You know, like people who've been reading Star Wars books even like since the 90s will pick up on a lot of little references here and there. Um, A whole bunch of things have been recanonized here and there. And, uh, yeah, I just I had such a blast with this. I got to tell you, too, it was so much fun.
2: All three of us are big Star Wars geeks. So the things that I think that we're all geeking out about right now is the trailer that just dropped the other night for uh, The Rise of Skywalker. So have you I'm guessing you've seen it multiple times now?
1: Uh, yes. Multiple is putting it lightly. <laughs> I, I've seen it, uh, many, many times and it just gets better with every viewing. I got to tell you, it was like, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if any of these trailers could ever quite have the initial impact of the final Force Awakens trailer that was, um, that aired, you know, uh, back in October of 2015. I mean, that was just such a gut punch, solo saying you know it's true all of it um but this one comes awfully close and wow i I, you know more than anything i'm just so impressed by the you know the world building that's involved here all the amazing locations that we see this looks like such a visually compelling film um i just can't wait to be taken along in the journey
0: yeah i mean I saw when I saw the trailer. Afterwards, we were recording uh, my other show, Fangirls Going Rogue, and if you listen to that episode, we're all just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like it was live reactions of how we were feeling at the moment. What well, was like the one scene when you think about it that just sticks in your brain that impacted you?
1: Ooh, I think it. I think it has to be. Kef beer and uh Ray standing atop that bit of Death Star wreckage, uh, in the, in the rain or in the mist, and then Kylo coming out of the mist, drenched toward her. It's such a great moment, it's just so mythic and elemental literally, elemental. <laughs> um, it's uh, gosh, I mean, the whole thing though is just really, really a, a stunning feast, and uh, I mean, that the iceberg and space um you know just seeing ray you know climb through that bit of wreckage at the beginning you know but she's like sort of back to her roots in a way or at least employing the skills that she developed when she was a scavenger in addition to her jedi powers oh i loved it
0: yeah well the space horses racing down a star destroyer is pretty
1: freaking cool (laughs) That's about as cool as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> How great is this? I just love the fact that we've had space horses now in back-to-back films. Like the five years. And now we have these space horses in this film. I mean...
0: Yeah, I think they're called Box. Aaron, do you know
1: if what no, they're called? I
2: was called? wondering if Christian knew. Oh. He knew the oh, name I, of you know- the, the water moon, so I figured he might know.
1: I, I, I believe... I have heard the term Orbach, yeah, and, and uh, you know, it was so funny. I think I saw someone I think someone uh, making a joke like, oh, well, maybe it's a reference to Jerry Orbach. Uh, so <laughs> I have no idea how that would connect, but, um, but I think I did see that they're called Orbachs, so yeah.
0: All right, well, let's get into talking about this book. So How Do Not Get Eaten by Ewoks? and other galactic survival skills. <laughs> Where did the idea for this book even come from to begin with?
1: Well, you know, the idea came uh, from my editors at DK in in London. Um, that's actually how um, all, really all of these books have come about. You know, it's, it's almost impossible to actually pitch an idea for Star Wars Publishing um, I found that, yeah, I mean, for in my case, it's like everything that I've ever written has just been presented to me, the concept or the title, <clears throat> sometimes even the cover. And um, and then I, you know, write it, you know, according to that concept. Um, and hopefully they think it lives up to the concept that they came up with, um, that they can see it like fully realized in the way I've written it. Um but yeah, I mean, it's really hard. Like, I, I can barely think of, like, any times when, like, even on, like, the the novel side of, you know, with Delray and everything, that people have actually, like, pitched a book. Um, I mean, maybe, like, James Lucino and Darth Plagueis, like, way back when. But um, yeah, it's, it, no, it, it, the, the idea always starts with the, with the editors. And then, uh, yeah, I the, for this book I had about, a month or so to write the whole thing, basically. Um, Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it was really fast. It was really fast. And, I mean, it was kind of a difficult period because it was, like, right around the Oscars this year. So, you know, in my day job, I'm the managing editor of IndieWire. And um, so, you know, it's, like, a lot of content to, to, you know, get produced and, you know, make certain that deadlines are being met and everything, like, around the lead-up to the Oscars. And then I got really sick right afterward. And so I actually, there was even one point where I was writing uh, several pages of the book uh, from a hospital gurney here at at New York Presbyterian Hospital, because I had this horrible like jaw infection that came from like having the flu. And, um, you know, I was there for like 12 hours in the ER, just like in this gurney that was like out in the open practically. And, uh, you know, there's when you're in the ER, you know, being treated, sometimes like hours can go by between, you know, uh, different doctors seeing you. And, um, yeah, so I, I actually wrote several pages of the book just from the hospital gurney um, include. I, and I can tell you it's the, the spread that was about um, galactic games of chance. It's like all about the rules of Sabak and. Uh, um, <clears throat> Or at least the version of Sabak, um, the specific version of Sabak that you see in Solo, um, but also the rules of Djerik, and um, so that's when you read that, know that those were written in while I was in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: gosh, yeah, that's actually when we were doing our review. That was actually one of the pages for me where I was like, "Oh look, Djerik rules!" <laughs> yes, yes, cat, I know.
1: See, your cat is a fan of DeJeric. He likes the it, little monsters. It so. must be.
0: Must be.
2: <laughs> As I was reading through this book, it's just, it's such a, a piece of comedy. Like, so much of it is just really hilarious and kind of makes you laugh out loud. And, like, one of the examples is um, one, of the, one of the headings on the page says Starship Piloting, the Basics. If you're a Skywalker, <laughs> you'll probably be able to fly blindfolded. If not, you need these tips. You know, just like that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, do you find that like writing that type of humor or that kind of comedy comes really easy to you?
1: You know, S- Star Wars particular sense of humor does align with my own very, very well. And maybe it's just because I, you know, have been a fan of Star Wars since I was 10. So it's it had such a, a formative impact on me. But I feel like Star Wars, um, the kind of humor that you have, in this saga is the closest American equivalent of British humor in a way. It's very deadpan. It's very, um, you know, kind of nonchalant. It just kind of presents odd things to you and you just have to roll with it. You know, it's like, it, it, I, I think of like the per, a perfect moment for me is in Return of the Jedi when, Three PO is talking to the the droid that's like you know putting him to work, Um, and the the droid that's putting him to work says, uh, you know, our last uh, interpreter was disintegrated. And then, cut to the 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 poor interpreter droid being like disintegrated. And three PO does this amazing like double take, like he looks over and then he looks back and then he looks he has to look again. He has you know he can't help himself. He has to look again. And uh, I love that. That's so funny to me. You know, it's like, it's all done without words. It's all just like a very deadpan moment. And so for me, in terms of like how to translate that into a book, it's, um, it's about like really immersing yourself in the details and putting as much detail into it as possible. And, and then not really trying too hard at the comedy just let the strangeness of the star Wars galaxy speak for itself. <laughs> you know, it's like, you don't need to, you know, shoehorn in too many jokes here and there. It's like, uh, this whole universe is so inherently wonderful and, and strange that the jokes just kind of just, they just happen naturally. You know, they just, they just appear.
0: Well, one of the things I like, like, on a lot of these different pages, there's this little, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it's the do or do nots of things. So, like, the crash landings, do or do not, (laughs) you know, I love all of those, and they're just kind of sprinkled in everywhere, but it's just really funny. Did you write those specifically like oh, for yeah. those little things like did they give you a page layout or something and you had to fill in like these different boxes cuz there's all these different sections
1: Yes so this is where my background as a magazine writer really really helps because actually they did for this book give me like all the layouts like like pretty much like in advance like this photo is going to go here this image is going to go there um and it's like all right he, he, if you look at the one that's like a night um a, a night out on, on the town or something that's like that has an image of the outlander club from uh coruscant in, in attack of the clones on it it's like an image of the bar at the outlander club and there are like 20 different arrows around it and it was just like all right here are 20, 20 drinks 20 arrows just name these <laughs> you know and it was like i just had to like go through and just like come up with names for these and, and so, um, you know, there were a few, of, of course, opportunities there to put like some Galaxy's Edge names um, of drinks that, you know, you can find on, on Batu, But also, um, you know, like that was an opportunity for me to, you know, remember a drink that, you know, Lando Calrissian said that he wanted to order in the game Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast, which is that one moment when he says to Kyle Katarn, you know, I could really use a ruby Bleal. And, you know, and, and Kyle's like, yeah, that sounds really refreshing or whatever. <laughs> and, um, and so I was like, oh, so then, all right, one of these drinks, let's find one that looks red. I'll just call that a ruby blue. And so suddenly, you know, that one drink that was just mentioned in that video game 17 years ago, it's now, like, canonized. And, um, you know, so it was like, it just happened being given all those layouts you know it was like very it was a very specific process of like all right so for the do or do not it's like maybe you've got 22 words for a do and then 25 words for the do not and you have to just like hit it so precisely so that it just fits in the layout and having come from a magazine background having written for entertainment weekly where i had to do that a lot it's like it's you know it's a very specific process called writing to fit and you you have to stay within the margins. You can't go beyond it. So um, that was really fun, I have to say. I mean, it it definitely you know, in a way it makes it easier. But on the other hand, it's like wow, you know, you've got to come up with something clever, and that has some detail to it, and you know, and just like twenty two words, what are you gonna do? You know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Now I've seen other books kind of formatted this way for different things you know was there anything that you looked to like as inspiration for filling stuff in because there's other books kind of like this not in star wars but you know just out there
1: you know in terms of the layouts and the particular style of this book no um i haven't really um you looked at any other books quite like this i mean you know, certainly I've I've seen, you know, all the other, you know, Star Wars DK books, the incredible cross sections and visual dictionaries and, um, <clears throat> and like the James Bond visual dictionary that DK did and everything, but which can have a certain deadpan humor about them as well. Um, but what I was really thinking of throughout this is I was thinking more of like Rick Steves or Anthony Bourdain. I was thinking of like travel hosts and the kind of voice that they have, which you know, can be really, you know, um, authoritative, um, a little snarky, um, sometimes a little bit of swagger, and, you know. But it definitely has a point of view. And so in a way, you know, I mean, the, the thing that's so much fun about this book is that it's an in-universe Star Wars book. Yes, it, my favorite kind! Yeah, and it's like, if you think about it, I mean, I, I don't know how many others... How many other, like, in-universe reference books there have been since the new canon started? I mean, there was, like, Ray's Survival Guide, and... I don't know. There's What's
0: an there? Ezra one and a Sabine one that are, like, you know, junior junior novel reader type. The only ones I can really think of, and, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, like, the Dan Wallace books, like the Jedi Path and the Book of Sith and all oh, of yeah. those but... I don't know if there's many others.
2: Now, this definitely has a feel of a visual guide, but it's told completely in-universe and with way more humor. And, it, and I love how it kind of follows along with, with things that we're all familiar with. Like, when you're reading through this book, it's not like you just made up all these, like, crazy situations. Everything you're referencing is in a film or in an animated series – Um, and it's just kind of digging a little bit deeper into things that we are all so familiar with, but looking at it from like the humorous side. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which is perfect. And I love how it, like, even the size of the book, it's like this little, you know, it's not the big, you know, the visual guides are like this big book. And this is like a little pocket size. You know, you could throw it in your bag as you're traveling across the galaxy.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's so true. It's like, it is like travel guide size. And, um, you know, it's but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, like even with that example of the uh, the drinks, like here twenty drinks, name them. You know, I went through and it's like I every one of those drinks had some connection. It had been named before in some Star Wars media, whether it's Galaxy's Edge or a book or that video game Star Wars uh, Jedi Knight Two Jedi Outcast or whatever. You know, it it had existed before. Um, so no, I mean, there's nothing I can really think of that I just like made up from scratch in the book whatsoever, but um, I mean, I guess the only thing that I really did was kind of the tone of the, the in-universe author of the book in a way, so it's like in writing this book, since it's an in-universe book, it's an in-universe travel guide, that almost means that in writing it, I had to play kind of like the role of, of an in-universe travel guide or, survi- or survival expert, You know, um, and so it's like, all right, so what would the point of view of that person be? You know, um, well, it's like they're going to try very hard not to be part of either the Empire or the Rebellion. They're going to be looking out for themselves mostly, and they're going to encourage you to look out for yourself. So in a way, it's sort of like the tone has to be sort of like a Dr. Aphra or DJ. I was going to say DJ. Yeah. Exactly. DJ was a huge, huge uh, reference point for me when, um, when writing this. I, I loved, actually, um, Ben Akron, Ben Blacker did this amazing DJ comic right around the time that um, Last Jedi came out. And th- the tone of that was, like, a huge inspiration for, <clears throat> for a lot of this book. Um, you know, we see, it, like, it, DJ even at one point in that comic is like, you know, uh, nobody likes a bad tipper. And, like, he's like sort of like sharing his wisdom throughout. It was like, oh, that's really. Yeah. So that definitely left an impression. And, um, you know, so this is like, you know, the perspective of someone who doesn't want to get caught up in the war. But if you do get caught up in the war, here's what you do. And, um, you know, the way I say it, like I, you know, in the very first line I wrote, I said, this is a book that tells you the odds. You know, it's 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 it is a very different way into the Star Wars universe in a way, because it is all about you know playing it safe, but um, and maybe looking at it from a, a little bit more of a mercenary perspective. Um, but it still feels like it still feels like Star Wars to me because it's like this is sort of like the Scoundrel approved advice in a way.
0: Yeah. So. Like the spread that's probably my favorite is towards the end that says what do you or what to do if you've been eaten. And it's like this flow chart of like what you do. This just reminds me of almost like those um, choose your own adventure books or whatever. It's like, okay, you've done this. Now you get to decide or like has this happened? And did they give you all the different little (coughs) like spots you had to fill in? And then you just, like, made up stuff to put...
1: Yeah, so that's, like, that's a perfect example. That's, like, so they came up with the layout of the flowchart, you know, like, so this is what it's going to look like, and now just, you know, fill it in, come up with whatever, you know, you you basically have to, you know, come up with all the different options here, you know, for things that could kill you or or could save you. Um, And sometimes, like... um, It might be in a spread like that as well, but there's sometimes like when some of the photos like did not, were not present when they would give them to me. So I would have to, um, you know, come up with an image suggestion. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's like another example of like, well, you've really got it. You've almost, in writing it, it's almost like doing a puzzle or something, you know, like a crossword puzzle practically, because you've got such a short amount of space to fill in for each one. And you've right. got to make sure that they all kind of like have a cause and effect and that they flow into each other. And so it does, you know, it really works out the brain, I will say.
0: Well, it's like, can you see a light anywhere? And it's like, if you can, can you climb toward it? If not, do you have any
1: tools? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you know, what, what would happen then, you know?
2: <clears throat> and then you get to the part where it just says, you are dead.
1: yeah right there's so many different like scenarios that could result in you being dead they had just so many
0: oh it's so funny all right so what was your favorite part of writing like this book like was there one section because it's separated into six different sections and i found that I tended to like all the stuff that was in like the social minefields area the most. Yeah. But was there was there a section or a layout or something that was just your favorite?
1: You know, yeah, I I totally feel the the social minefields uh, for sure. Um, yeah, it's funny because like it's sort of the way I viewed it is like it's sort of a combination survival guide and travel guide. I think when I tell people like my inspirations for it a bit, I do lean a little bit more in the travel guide side. Like it is kind of like who is the galaxy far, far away version of uh, an Anthony Bourdain or a Rick Steves. Um, but definitely there's the survival guide aspect to it as well. You know, yeah. What to do if you're eaten, and what to do if, <clears throat> you know, you're in a crashing starship and that kind of thing. So I guess that's kind of like, sort of like a Bear Grylls survivalist mentality. Um but for me, yeah, I love all the social minefield stuff. And uh, I mean, like what to wear to the opera on Coruscant or what to wear to Canto Bight. Um, you know, all the stuff about <coughs> different religions of the galaxy and the different languages of, and, and the alphabets around the galaxy. Um, you know, uh, what to do if uh, you're spotted by a bounty hunter. You know what to do if you find yourself in jail. I mean, all those kind of things were just so much fun to write. You know, because you 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 do have the reference points of the films and and the TV shows and everything, but then it's also like, hmm, what would I what would I do if I were going to be fed to a sarlacc? You know, <laughs> like exactly like how how would I handle the situation? You know, it's it's. Uh, it, it's a funny thing to, like, just kind of put yourself in, into the shoes of someone facing that, you know, because is there a way that you could, like, you know, get out of that somehow or probably not, but...
0: Well, know, Boba Fett knows. figured it out.
1: Hey, we, we <laughs> you know, we hope so. <laughs> something. Who knows? <laughs> he could still be down there for all we know.
0: Well, so this book came out uh, September 24th, but you actually had... Some, a couple of books that came out more recently, they came out this month which are your newest installments of the Be More books and so it was yeah. Be More Lando and Be More Leia, how do you go about developing these like they're, they're sections again but where do you pull this stuff from because the Lando one just totally is a hundred percent like Donald Glover Billy D. Williams like do you just channel them or or what
1: the Lando book I found of the four that I've written so far you know be more Yoda be more Vader be more land and then be more Lando I found that Lando was the the easiest to write um and and I wrote it very quickly because Lando really is my favorite Star Wars character because I love that he you know It's all about his charisma, his charm. Words are his weapons. You know, I'm sure he's great with a blaster. We know he's a great pilot. But his real skill is his ability to charm his way to success. And that just makes for an amazing character to write. You know, I mean, a a writer loves a character like that. Um, So, you know, yeah, I mean, the process for... uh, For those books, I mean, they, you know, DK has like a pretty top line idea of how, like what they want, like the five main sections of each of those books to be. And then within that, it's kind of up to me to, you know, sometimes they'll have suggestions for quotes. But sometimes, you know, I mean, if they've even suggested something then I may, um, you know, replace it with something else, something else that a character has said (coughs) or come up with a different kind of moral or lesson. Uh, to go with it, But um, yeah, it's really fun because, you know, I mean, the idea behind these books really is that like, you know, Star Wars means so much to us and, you know, we really like, all right. So if you spent so much of your life thinking about Star Wars and imagining, you know, different things that are happening in the galaxy far, far away, why not, you know, really think about how elements of Star Wars can actually like make our lives better, you know, that can, that we can really draw upon it and like find, things that you know just enrich us and i think there's so many ways to be enriched by by the characters in these films um and uh you know and some of it is tongue-in-cheek for 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 sure but a lot of the advice is very genuine um you know i'm not saying that you should go out and like have a closet full of capes but there are many other things that you can learn from lando
0: of course, I kind of view these these four. They're like Star Wars self help books, okay. and That's I exactly. I love it. They're 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 little Star Wars self help books. They're like those. Oh gosh, what are those books? Erin, do you know the books I'm talking about that are like the chicken soup uh,
2: for the soul kind of books? Well,
0: well, those are like <laughs> stories, but you know those they're like small ones, and it's like, I don't know, like a hundred things. You know, or like your daily inspirational or whatever. Like, they're yeah. kind of like that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, except except wrapped in Star Wars goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like you have at least one more Star Wars project coming up. Or um, at least a do. book that has your name attached to it. Can you tell us anything about um, Use the Force, Discover What It Takes to be yeah. a Jedi?
1: So that's coming out next June. And this was my first all-out children's book uh, for Star Wars. Uh, you know, I think children can enjoy it, you know, and appreciate a lot of the things that I've <clears throat> that I've written so far. You know, what, I mean, when I was a kid, like, right, so I got into Star Wars when I was 10. So, <clears throat> yeah, I could have really gotten into, like, how not to get eaten by Ewoks then. Um, Star Wars Made Easy, I mean, was, you know, for anyone of any age basically to get into it. I think really young kids can get into it and adults can get into it too, but use the force is geared for like kids who are like age seven or so. And it's about like, you know, kind of imagining, you know, aspects of the Jedi philosophy and what they can learn from it to, you know, be better friends and, you know, to share with one another and to find, you know, contentment and peace and, and, um, you know, and all throughout, I mean, there's, um, you know, a lot of Jedi lore that we in- include in this and <clears throat> a lot more detail about the Jedi path and what it means to be a Jedi. And again, I mean, all of it coming, you know, coming from different, you know, comics or, you know, bits of lore that have already been previously published, but that I'm kind of repackaging for um, for young kids.
0: Okay, um, so basically you wrote this book for Aaron and his son.
1: Yes, because, thats exactly
0: right because the, you're describing it and I'm just sitting here going oh my god he's gonna sit down with his son and just go to town teaching him how to share as a jedi <laughs>
1: yes it's so true it's so true <clears throat> and you know to learn about individual Jedi and their histories and what oh my god
0: Aaron are you excited I can feel it coming through the computer oh, you're, yeah, like, sounds...
2: you're like you're like really excited right now (laughs) yeah and the fact that christian wrote it makes it even better
1: uh that makes me so happy well this book is interesting because so this one i wrote almost the exact opposite way that i wrote how not to Get eaten by ewoks for this one i didn't have any designs whatsoever so i just wrote it like purely just as text and sent it in and now they're like doing all the designs and everything around it around what i wrote so for this one I actually did like suggest a lot of the illustrations and photos and a lot of the little, uh, you know, a lot of this is going to be told through like humorous illustrations. So even though I can't really draw that much myself, although if uh, you're listening to this and I've ever signed a book for you, you know, you'll know that I can at least really draw circles and squares because I always do the death star and tie fighters and BB eight and all. Um, But uh, you know, It was really interesting to just like think of like, all right, so almost like from sort of like a creative director perspective in a way, like, all right, so what kind of like um, sort of like illustration can we come up with here to illustrate an idea? And I can't draw it myself, but I can put it into words and then the illustrator will know what to bring to life, essentially. Um, So there was a lot of that with this, which I had never really done before, but um, I thought was Thing. I mean, it was definitely utilizing a different skill set for me. So you'll find that it's incredibly visual, like all of these books. But, um, but the cool thing about this one is that, you know, when you see a lot of these illustrations, like, even though I didn't draw them myself, like, they were ideas that came from me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for it. Now, I know you have one other kind of big thing that's been going on. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? And then we'll just let people know where they can find you online. But Turner Classic Movies, anybody?
1: Yes. So uh, I'm really excited about this book as well. It's coming out November 5th. Um, It's called Cinematic Cities, The Big Apple on the Big Screen. And so it's a a neighborhood-by-neighborhood guide to New York city and how New York city has been portrayed and filmed in so many different movies, you know, over decades and decades, you know, it's like, um, you know, going location by location to like show you how some of your favorite movie moments, you know, whether it's, you know, Kevin McAllister in home alone two checking into the Plaza hotel or, um, you know, uh, in Elf when they go, um, you know, into Central Park and encounter the Central Park Rangers. Um, You know, it's like all of these, you know, great movie moments, you know, how they were filmed um, and how how you can go about, like, seeing exactly where they were filmed and kind of, like, jump into the movie screen yourself. Because, like, when you love movies so much, it's almost like you want to jump into one in a way. And so this book basically allows you to do that. Um, it's, it's very much like the Star Wars books in that it's, it's rather small. Um, you can carry it around with you really easily. So it can be like a, a travel guide that you just take with you. If you come to New York city and, you know, want to, you know, explore the city based on your favorite movies. And, uh, so on November 7th, the, uh, I'm going to appear on Turner classic movies to, um, <clears throat> co-host with their wonderful host, Alicia Malone. A night of movies, great movies set in New York City that are featured in the book. And so we'll be doing like intros and outros for each of the films. And it's going to be On the Town, um, Sleepless in Seattle, Radio Days, and North by Northwest. Sleepless Um,
0: in Seattle is one of my favorite movies in the world. So yay.
1: oh yeah i love isn't sleepless in seattle the best
0: yeah it's amazing
1: love that film it's it's a very you know it's a and i think i even say this during the uh when i'm you know in the segment for tcm but it's like a very spiritual kind of love because you know i mean not to spoil anything i guess for people who haven't seen it but on the other hand it's been out for like 26 years so come on (laughs) um it, what, what's so amazing about it is that you know Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan don't even meet until the very last scene. That's an mm-hmm. incredible thing, and it's so it's like this very transcendental, spiritual love about their connection to each other, even though they've never even met in person. It's it's really sweet and really beautiful, and a lovely showcase for New York City. So that that book was a real labor of love, as all of these books are for me. So um, I hope if, you know, you're listening and that sounds interesting to you, you'll pick it up or at least tune into TCM on November 7th.
0: Well, that's awesome. Uh, Okay, so where can people find you online if they want to interact with you or, you know, just talk Star
1: Wars? Yeah, well, I love interacting with people online. So you can find me on Twitter at... C T Blaveld so that's C T B is in blue, L is in Locke, A U, V is in Victor, E L is in Lock, T is in Tom, at C T Blaut. And I'm also uh on Instagram <clears throat> just at Christian Blavelt. Um, yeah, no, please. Um, anyone listening who wants to, you know, has a question about, you know, the process of writing these books or Star Wars publishing in general, or just wants to geek out over anything, Star Wars, anytime.
0: All right. Well, it's always good to talk to our friend Christian.
2: Always. Yes, he's a good time.
0: Is a good time. And I'm going to be sure to check out his new book coming out and then November 7th on Turner Classic Movies because that should be really, really cool. Uh, I think that book he was talking about that he wrote that's about the different cinema places in New York is going to be really awesome.
2: That sounds awesome. And New York City is one of my favorite places to visit, so I can't wait to kind of see it in that way. I, I didn't even know this book was coming out. I actually learned about it just from this interview, so I'm excited about picking that one up.
0: Alright well if you guys want to interact with us in between shows and maybe let us know what your favorite pages of How to Not Get Eaten by Ewoks are you can find us on Twitter we're at SWBookworms you can shoot us an email StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com and if you email us we will read it on the show
2: Yes and you can also find us on Facebook um, and we have our Facebook group if you guys want to jump into our Facebook group just send us a message and we will let you in you can find uh, Teresa on Twitter at IceColdPenguin and on Instagram, same name. And you can find me at A.V. Goins.
0: And please make sure you leave a positive review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to us. It helps more people find us and it helps more people get into Star Wars books. Yes. So until next time.
2: Keep on reading and may the Force be with you.